Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics. How you doing? Welcome to the Fantasy MD's Baseball Podcast. Today is March 21st, 2022. This is our sixth episode. Today, we're going to be bringing you our first baseman rankings. And uh, of course, we got news and notes for you. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. Here are my co-host, as always, Matthew Arne. Matt, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing great, man. You know, baseball's back. You know, a lot, of, a lot of transactions. I know what guys are going to be. My my rankings are getting tight. And, uh, you know, I got a beer, so I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. Cheers to that, brother. I mean, I got a little water here with me. I don't, I don't got a beer with me, unfortunately. I could use one. But uh, but cheers to that. You know, um, spring training's here. There's a lot of games going on. It's been some more signings. So that we, I want to get into, you know, some of these signings because there's some big, big news here. We're going to start with one of the big ones. You know, Nick Castellanos finally landed. He's headed to Philly. Matt, hey, I'm buddy. a little familiar with that team. So he got um five years for $100 million, which I think is, uh, you know, a good deal for the Phillies too they got him at a little good good deal i would say so they got him until he's gonna be 34 he's 29 now um or yeah yeah so i'll give you what he did last year with the reds uh he had 309 34 bombs 100 rbis uh 95 runs and three steals that's in 138 games i think the outlook is only only better for him i mean the park is on on par i mean cincinnati is one of the best parks to hit in but philly's park is great to hit in as well and the lineup looks pretty good um i got um a projection here what the lineup might look like uh they got segura batting first uh brand new kyle schwarber batting second harper batting third jt romuto batting fourth castellanos fifth hoskins sixth dd seventh alec baum eighth and oduba herrera ninth uh so, I mean, uh, Matt, what's your thoughts here on Castellanos? I love him there in Philly. I think he moves up a little bit, in my opinion. Matt, what about you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the signing. It's definitely great for the team. Uh, bumps up everybody around him. I mean, from, from Schwarber, Harper, Hoskins even gets a real fair shake on me now. Real Muto just is going to be stellar this year now. I'm super excited for that. And uh, I feel like we're raising the level here with Castellanos. Last year was like his real true breakout. He didn't really have a full season in 19, obviously COVID. And then, you know, kind of showed a little bit over in 19. But, you know, but finally, he's finally doing what he's supposed to do. And I'm pretty excited for that. And, you know, I think he's going to he's going to be pitched. And, you know, no, he's going to have a lot of protection in that lineup. So I think the sky's the limit. That's why he's like, I believe, like my fifth or sixth uh, outfield this year. And he might even find his way higher. Yeah, big talk, big talk. I mean, I, I got him up there in my top 10 as well, so I'm not against that at all. I think you draft him with confidence. I think Nick Castellanos is going to be a stud this year. It's a great move for the Phillies. Like Matt said, it helps everyone around him out. Harper, JT, all those other dudes in that lineup, especially Schwarber now, helps him out too. Uh, guys, great outlook for him. So uh, next big signing here. This one's probably even bigger and more shocking than the last one. This is a uh, Carlos Correa heads over to the Minnesota twins on a three-year deal for $105 million. He got opt-outs after this year and next year in the deal. So that looks great for him. If he, you know, rakes this year, he could choose to say, Hey guys, I'm leaving and he can go get himself more money somewhere else. Uh, the, as for the outlook, this lineup is not as good as the Astros lineup. So I would expect a decline in some of those counting stats a little bit. I don't think he gets you the 104 runs he did last year. I'll give you Correa stats on the whole last year. So you get an idea. 279 batting average, no steals, 92 RBIs, 26 bombs and 104 runs. So I still think the power plays, uh, Minnesota, uh, I think a mid, mid middle park, uh, to hit in. So is the Astros though. So I think the bombs might stay where they are. Runs and RBIs might come down a little bit. Batting averages, what it is with Correa. Uh, I'll give you uh, the idea of the lineup there. It's not looking as good as that Twins lineup, as I mentioned. They got Buxton leading off. Correa is going to hit second. Uh, this one has Luisa Rice playing third, but I think Gio Urshela gets the shot and plays third. Uh, Polanco, Sano, Max Kepler, Gary Sanchez, Kirilov, and uh, Trevor Larnich. So lineup is a little mediocre, but, um, you know, uh, Correa is still a good player. Matt, thoughts on Correa going to the Twins? It's shocking, right? I'm, I'm shocked. This one's, yeah. this one's crazy. I mean, I think he's shocked, too. I think it's whoever gave him the most money, and the fact that he's <laughs> going to be out probably next year is going to make a lot of sense. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, now for a fantasy outlook, I didn't move him in my rankings. He's staying at 13. Uh, I... You know, I'm actually glad that the rumors of him going to Detroit aren't weren't true because honestly, he probably would have moved down in my rankings. 
So, you know, uh, it's, it's a lot better situation than what was being told around the league and things like that. So there's upside. I still think, you know, if I missed out on shortstop or somebody doubled up for some reason, like somebody in my other league, uh, who has like five shortstops, shout out, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I'd be comfortable with him as my as my shortstop or, you know, a corner infield, corner infield, right? That's where he would be. So yes, yes. I don't do too many of those leagues. And uh, anyway, um, I think that he, he's just going to be solid. Nothing special, but not going to kill you. And, you know, that's just about it. No, I, I, I agree. We're pretty much on the same page there. Uh, another huge sign, and these signings just keep coming out of nowhere. And this guy gets um, another position eligibility, it looks like. And that's Trevor Story headed over to the, the evil uh, Boston Red Sox. I, I hate them. They're absolutely uh, my, my least favorite team in the league. But, you know, I mean uh, – Makes things a little bit interesting here for Story because he was somebody I had ranked a little lower. I did move him up after the signing. I had him ranked as if he wasn't going to go to another great hitting park, but Boston is a great hitting park. So I think the the steals and the home runs are going to play there, but that batting average, if guys, if you didn't listen to our shortstop episode, go back and check it out. A lot of great takes on Trevor Story there, you know, leaving cores and his home away splits. Very drastic. He does not hit for that same type of batting average um, away from Coors Field. So I think that 251 batting average from last year and 142 games might be what you're looking at going go forward so you know he, he last year he had trevor story 24 bombs 20 steals 75 rbis 88 runs and he had 251 as i mentioned so i think maybe the rbis go up maybe the runs go up but i think that batting average stays the same i think the pop stays the same the steals probably stays around the same so i would draft trevor story with all of that in mind um i'll give you guys you know we're doing a little lineup breakdown here so i'll give you a little lineup breakdown for that red Sox. it looks a little something like this um looks like kike hernandez is going to hit first uh devers hit second bogart's third jd fourth trevor story fifth verdugo sixth bobby dahlback seventh christian vasquez eighth and jackie bradley jr ninth so that's a pretty good lineup that's a lot better than that uh rockies lineup that he was hitting in uh matt's thoughts on trevor story here uh, i think it's a it's a good signing for real baseball uh fantasy outlook isn't isn't too great like you said i uh, i think he's going to be one of those players that you know you drafted because of the name and then you're going to regret it later down the line uh he's a nice flyer for you know uh utility but outside of like him being my starting shortstop um not happy about it he did get a little bump in second base because you know it's a little bit more of a putrid uh position where did i move him to so yeah, see i think that's i think that makes him interesting that second base eligibility yeah. that i was a little down on him but i think that's going to help him in, in some league so don't overlook that guys yeah i mean he's he, he's not like in my top like 12 but he's like 15th which i mean to be honest now that's a little bit more of a value for me yeah, i got him 14 that second so yeah i mean it, you know that's like, oh, my God, I missed out on second base. But, you know, the production there is going to be a little bit more reliable for a second baseman only. Shortstop's a lot more deep. So I don't feel as comfortable at my short, but as my second base, you know, that's where you'd find your value and kind of slot, slotting them in there, but late. And I mean, he wouldn't be my first, second, third, or even 15th option. But yeah, we'll see, Matt, I want to, I want to say something. And I point that out to like that. The numbers that he had last year, are very similar to like a jazz Chisholm. And it, you got guys, Trevor story is going earlier in, in drafts. Why, why draft him when you could wait, get yourself a jazz, get yourself somebody that does that similar type of production later on. People are drafting Trevor story from, you know, two, three years ago when he had that high batting average with the, you know, the 30 bombs, 20 steals and the, the counting stats when Nolan was still there, when Charlie Blackman was still a stud, you know, I mean, that that's a different guy. I don't think he's that type of player anymore, but uh, moving on, got a little bit more interesting information here. Um, Trevor Bauer, who's uh, I don't know what's going on with him. He's got himself. I mean, he was cleared by the law word of the law. You know, there was no charges pressed against him. So, He's good on that account, but the MLB can still choose to suspend him or, you know, do something along the lines of that. I know Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, came out and said that he does not expect him to be back with the Dodgers. That's even more interesting news. Um, and then MLB themselves said that he's, you know, not allowed to come back until at least April 16th when they're, they're still trying to get the situation figured out. So, I mean, I, I draft him with super caution. I don't even know if he's going back to the Dodgers. So that makes that super interesting. Um, 
I, I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking elsewhere. You know, my drafts come around in a couple of weeks. Uh, but Matt, what about you? What do you think about Bauer here and this this new information on him? I mean, you know, it's he. I'm. It's a hard situation. He's a great pitcher. Yeah. Um. He is. He's great. There's a lot of aspects, man. That the the locker room don't want him. The team don't want him. And you know, there's a little bit of personal issues going on. He ain't gonna pitch until what second week of baseball. So. And that's just getting ramped up. So he's probably not going to play till if he's even on the Dodgers and he doesn't have to find another team. He's probably not going to play if that all lines up. You know, he's probably not playing until the middle of May. I'm not drafting him until late, late round. And to be honest, yeah. you're probably not going to get him because either somebody's going to forget or somebody's going to be like, oh, he'll play, he'll play. And, you know, it's yeah, a yeah. situation that you're going to gonna want to be a part of. Like, he, he's like, I don't know, your last five picks. Yeah. You know, your pitcher seven. I, I agree with Matt on that, guys. I'm not drafting him until – I, I, I could see a flyer on him late, especially if news, I mean, starts to look better going forward, but it doesn't look like we're getting nothing until at least the second week of real baseball, April 16th. Like I said, that's that's the earliest date that you can have, like, real news going forward on Bauer, guys. So, you know, draft season right around the corner, I don't know. I don't know. But um, that's for you guys to decide what you want to do there. That, that one's a tough, tough call. Um, uh, as Matt's taking him a little bit later, you know, last five rounds, he said, last five picks. Um, I'd probably say even later than that, maybe last two, three picks. But other than that, guys, we're going to move on from that one because that one's just uh, – that one's just uh, – <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But we got, we got some – we got, we got some sad news here, guys. We're going to get into some injuries here. And this one really was a blow when I saw this come across my phone earlier. Uh, Shane Boz, he looks like he had an arthroscopic procedure, arthroscopic surgery on his right elbow to have some uh, foreign bodies removed. So, I mean, he's going to be down for at least the next two to three weeks. And that's just throwing. He's not going to throw for two to three weeks. So that makes things interesting here with a guy who already looked like he was going to be limited. You know, that's what the Tampa Bay Rays do if you look at Shane McClanahan last year I thought that was the perfect example of what you would see from Shane Boz this year uh, I think McClanahan got like 137 innings so I was expecting something around that from Boz but it looks like getting even less now I would say it's maybe 120 innings from him maybe if a little bit more maybe if he looks good and they want to push it but I definitely don't see that maybe he opens like some games gets that three four innings which is you know sad because this kid was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year it was great with Team USA came you know out uh, only pitched 13 innings last year, but had 18 strikeouts, had, um, you know, uh, 203 ERA, of course, three starts, you know, 13 innings. The whip was 0675, so the kid was great when he pitched, and it was very small sample size. But, Matt, any thoughts here on, uh, you know, Shane the Train going uh, going down? Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest, if this was, like, a little bit more in the off season, like, if this was, like, a month ago, a month and a half ago, I wouldn't even bat my eyes at this. This is pretty standard yeah. routine procedure. So that's one thing I can say that I feel okay about him. But the other thing is it's it's really hurtful that it's now. Because, again, it's like the same thing with um, Bauer, right? Yeah. He's going to be shut down for three weeks. He's not going to ramp up for another couple of weeks. And then that's with no setbacks. And then he's rolling in and then finally getting in. And then Dom made a good point. He's going to be limited. So it really destroys your value. He's a nice little, like, put on your watch list or last pick of the draft. I yeah. Mean, you know, it depends Moving on your draft is too. So, like, it depends on when you draft is. You're drafting this weekend, which is some people, because, you know, you just decided not to change it from when you had it locked. Or you were smart and you moved your draft back a week like we did. You know, then you have a little bit more time together, a little bit more information about, you know, expected timeline and things like that. So, you know, I would keep you, your ear to the ground, look out for it, and, you know, adjust accordingly. Yeah, guys, uh, just one last thing that I want to say. In Dynasty Keeper Leagues, I'd say still draft him highly because he's a, a great young player and two to three weeks shouldn't affect him in a league like that. But in a redraft league, uh, two to three weeks is 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 a big deal, guys. And and we like we said, that's just to get back. And then he has to ramp back up and do all that extra stuff. So, guys, move Shane down, uh, Shane Boz down your list a little bit going into uh, the drafts, I would say, unless it's Keeper or Dynasty. Next injury here was um, Zach Wheeler. Um it looks like he suffered an injury to the nail of his right middle finger while he was putting on his pants. So uh, that's, that, oh no, I'm sorry. No, that's my fault. That's my fault. I misread that. I misread that. I misread that. That was, that was actually from two years ago. He did that. I misread that. That is funny though. As funny that, you're telling me he, this chain, he, he did a, he did a Blake Snell where he dropped something on his foot. 
No, that, okay, yeah, that that is fun. That's my fault, guys. That that's a that's a mystery for me. There, he that's not what happened to him. He uh, he had some soreness in his right shoulder when he started his off season program, so he was a little bit behind everybody. So that's that's what's going on with him now. Once again, that's my fault for it happened two years ago with the nail. That is hilarious though. So he's got some shoulder soreness. I know he's throwing bullpens right now. He's a little bit behind everybody else in camp. Um, I'm not really too worried about him because it seems like he he's just going to maybe miss one turn in the rotation, which would be his, uh, he would be the opening day starter. So he looks like he's just going to miss that. I'm not moving him down due to this. I would keep an eye on it if something flares up along the way because it is the shoulder. Um, Matt, any thoughts here on Wheeler and the shoulder? Are you moving him down? What are your thoughts here? Uh, no, I mean, not unless I hear like, hey, he gets shut down entirely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, same. To my, to my knowledge, he's he's pitching, and he may, may not have had a spring training appearance yet. But I'll take a one game miss like that. Yeah, no, nah, he's just throwing he's throwing bullpens right now, though. He is throwing bullpens, though. Yeah. So I mean, you know, th- that's a good sign. You know, if we hear we hear this weekend, oh, you know, a little shoulder soreness, had to be set set back, and oh, give me a wink, and then I start getting nervous because I mean, this is soft tissue, this is a throwing arm, so that's where like you know you, you got to have like a little light bulb. I don't know if I'll draft anything different only because he's rolling still. Yeah, the guys, once again, it looks like, uh, you know, Zach Wheeler is going to be okay. I'm not, I'm not really worried about him. Um, all right, so we got a – it looks like – I think we got one more guy here. Um, looks like Starling Marte uh, injured his oblique uh, in camp. So, I mean, he's 33 years old, and he led the league in steals last year with 47. So, um, I, I think that's going to be interesting. I don't know if um, – I'm not seeing anything if they know if he's going to be ready for opening day or not. But, once again, that's an oblique. So, I'm, I'm being a little cautious here with Starling Marte. I mean, I'm not, I'm not moving him down too much. Maybe a couple spots. Maybe expect a couple less steals from him. Because like I said, he did have 47 last year and led the league. So um, I, I could see it possibly being a little bit more towards maybe 35-ish, depending on how long he's out. Once again, with draft season coming up around the corner, guys, just keep an eye out for all information regarding Starling Marte because that oblique could keep him out a little bit, it seems, because there's not really too, too much information on that. Matt, any thoughts here on uh, Starling Marte? I mean, right now, unless we hear anything else, which I mean, we still got time before drafts. Yeah. So- you know, I, I, I'm more on a wait and see. This could be something that's, you know, a couple days, a little soreness, or this could be, this can linger and then it's going to be a problem, but at least we have time before drafts take place. Um, yeah, guys. I think we have one more person to talk to, talk about. Um, yeah, go ahead. That's the news that came in, I believe, Saturday on Jack Flaherty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Jack had a small little tear. Well, it's killing me because he's one of my keepers in a, in a league. And, um, you know, I never, you never want to hear uh, surgery in a shoulder, especially pitching, uh, throwing arm. And, um, so they they did some kind of thing where it was like an injection with some, like, I, I don't even know, uh, but whatever. So they're shutting them down for at least three weeks. Now they don't even know if that's going to work or how that's going to be. So it's, it's really, really looking bad in terms of like draft value and how comfortable I am. So, um, if you're in a keeper league, uh, I'd probably not keep them because I'm not, um, if you're in a dynasty league, draft them. But I mean, at this point, you know, you can't really feel safe going into the draft, drafting him as high as where I had him ranked. I think I had him at 13. So yeah, I mean, yeah. he's going to, he's going to fall down um, TBD. Cause I mean, you know, we're going to get news hopefully before drafts and then that'll kind of de- determine where we're going to be with Jack Flaherty and how, how far I'm going to drop him. But ultimately we can expect him at least miss April. Yeah, actually, as Matt says that I was looking it up because I did, I saw him talk this morning on Emma on the MLB network, but I didn't remember exactly what he said. And I don't want to get it wrong. Like I did with that information earlier. So I'm going to make sure I'm on point here. Uh, I don't know. This looks, just looks horrible in my opinion. So he was on earlier uh, talking about how he got up uh, the plasma rich uh, injection in his, uh, in his shoulder. Um, it was due to inflammation from mechanical issues. So now that's the way he was throwing the ball. He did. I did see this part where he came out and he said, Hey, it's stuff that I can easily fix that I've been sitting down with the staff and, you know, we going over, but that doesn't change the fact that it's already hurt. He's he confirmed that he had a pre-existing injury there. It was the, the labrum, uh, the, the bunch of words that I'm not going to, I'm going to botch you. So I'm not even going to say them. It's where the shoulder meets the biceps. So that's where the tear was. 
and it's un, it's unrelated to the current issue and he's pitched through it for a handful of years so all of this just sounds horrible to me i mean yeah. like it sounds like he could come back and then he it's it, it's a moment's notice before it's a big bigger tear and you hear tommy john or a big surgery and he's out four to six months so i'm i'm pushing him down i'm i'm not i'm not taking that risk in redraft maybe in dynasty keeper you know i'm moving him down there too but you know there you could still take a little bit of a risk on him but i'm moving him down there too guys this just looks really bad you know this happens every spring you you see you know something like this come up and um it's unfortunate that it happened to jack flaherty and uh, you know time where we really thought he was going to take that next step forward and and just be uh one of the top 10 pitchers in the league but all right um now now it's time to get into these first base rankings and uh Matt Matt had a little something special in store here for our number uh, one guy. He uh, he has a little Dodgers rant that he wants to go on. I'm gonna let him do it about uh they're, they're apparently the new evil empire, and I agree. I agree. Three MVPs, everybody in their lineup's been an all star except Will Smith. But Matt, I'm gonna defer to you. Let's get out to our number one consensus uh, first baseman, newest member of the evil empire, uh, Freddie Freeman. So um, I love Freddie. Uh... The Braves did him absolutely dirty. And um, at this point, you know, the, the evil empire over there on the West Coast is just trying to buy themselves a World Series and starting to take some tricks out of the Yankees' uh, back pocket here. And, you know, it, it's just painful to watch them win the World Series next year. So, but anyway, let's talk about fantasy. So he's going to have a bajillion, a bajillion runs and ribbies. He's going to have, you know, 35 his standard home runs, possibly more depending on how the wind swings. And he's going to hit you 300. He's my number one. I think Dom's number two. And I, I moved him up, actually. I moved oh. him up. I decided to move him up. I put him at one. But you know what it is, though? It, it, I, I, me and Matt were talking about it. I'm not going to get crazy into it, but I kind of feel like it's a one-one situation. But mm-hmm. I, I give, I'll give Freddie a little edge. He's been doing it longer. You got to. That lineup is just too ridiculous. Like, somebody's always going to be in, on base. Somebody's always going to be there to bring him home. He's always hitting the ball. It's just going to be amazing. There's so much protection. So, you know, and and I'm not down-talking Braves because they're a phenomenal team, but, you know, it's the Dodgers. Who's going to be hitting around him? Max Muncy? Betts? Trey Turner? I mean, my head hurts just thinking about being the pitcher. So he's just going to go off. And I think there's this is going to be a very, very big season this year. And I'm drafting them in the top 10 this year. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, uh, Matt's hitting the nail on the head of the year. But I just want to throw out there, he, Freddie Freeman got six years for $162 million. So he's, he's going to be there until he's in his, you know, past mid-30s at that point. And, I mean, it's a great deal because, as Matt said, I just want to read off this projected lineup. It, it's literally insane. You got Mookie Betts hitting first, Trey Turner second, Freddie Freeman third, Justin Turner fourth, Max Muncie fifth, Will Smith sixth, uh, Chris Taylor seventh, Cody Bellinger eighth, and AJ Pollock ninth. I mean, literally, like I said, every single one of those guys has been an all star one time at least, besides Will Smith, who could have been an all star last year or the previous couple of years of his career. He's been was one of the best catchers in the league. So it's three MVPs, a bunch of all stars, and I mean, there's no no reason to 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 hate. You move Freddie Freeman up now, you move him up. I think he was going at the late uh, end of the first late or early second i'm i'm like matt said he could be a top 10 pick you know he could be a top 12 pick and i'm i'm not mad at that i'm not mad at that at all because you know what he's gonna chip in a few steals he's got that 300 batting average 30 plus bombs i could see the rbis being well over 100 and the runs were 120 last year i mean so the sky is the limit for, for the kid i mean uh god god bless god bless is what i say to that you know i I think freddie freeman could do could do wonders so let's move on to the number two consensus who i believe matt and i both have a number two or one b let's say because you know you're splitting hairs when you're talking about these two guys it's vladimir guerrero jr and anyone that's been watching uh spring training or keeping up saw this guy hit a moonshot almost out of the stadium against aaron the other day and i was just like Woo! I think the quote from Vlad was uh, that last year we saw the preview and this year we're going to see the full movie. So I don't know what that means, but if, you know, he's going to improve on a 311 batting average, four steals, 111 RBIs, 48 bombs and 123 runs. So be it. You know, we're all welcome for it. You know, we all want to see it as baseball fans. And, you know, I mean, 
you know, Simeon left Toronto, but they get a healthy Springer, you know, Tiasca, I think uh, Matt Chapman's there now. I think that lineup's going to be, you know, just as good. Uh, draft him with confidence. Top, top pick, top, top pick. And what, like Matt said, you know, he they're so close to each other. I think Freddie Freeman's the better value where he's going because people are taking Vlad top five, you know, and Freddie's going a little bit later. So I like the value on Freddie a little bit more, but Vlad's sky's the limit. Maybe we see 60 home runs this year. Matt, thoughts? I mean, there's really not much to say. He's just, he's going to hit you for power. He's going to be a monster. And if he's saying last year was a preview, I'm scared. Um, yeah. I'm scared as, as anybody who doesn't have him. And I'm scared for the Yankees. And I'm scared for the MLB. You know, everybody with the Dodgers is scared of him. So um, it's just one of those things. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm already shaking in my boots. Yeah, it's it's scary to think what this kid could do. I also want to throw out, I think he lost about like 30 pounds in the offseason. I saw some pictures of him going around. Oh, where he had he had that belly going out last year, and this year looks like I don't he don't got no six pack or nothing, but he looks slim, very, very slim. You know, the belly's gone. So I mean, and the power's still there. He cranked one out of the stadium. So I mean, guys, draft Laddie with confidence, you know, it's one A, one B, him and Freddie, you know, and uh that's that. Move on to our next guy. We talked about him, you know, moving to his new team in our last episode, but here we'll get into more of a breakdown of him. That's Matt Olson, newest member of the Atlanta Braves. Now, here's, you know, they, they, these next guys fall off a little bit from the first two, but they're not, they're no, let's, they're no slouch players. They're all stars, great, great players, these next few, including Matt Olson. Last year, the kid hit. 39 bombs, 111 RBIs, 101 runs. He had uh, four steals and he hit 271. So the, the the kid the kids a stud. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of him. I think everything only gets better in that Atlanta Braves lineup. Uh, I think he's coming off the board as um the 29th pick overall. So I mean, it looks like he's he's moved up here a little bit recently. You know, I mean. Uh, I think he deserves it. Like I said, that this Atlanta lineup is so much better than Oakland. You know, I mean, uh, Matt, any thoughts here on Matt Olson besides, you know, the that he's great? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I already liked him on Oakland. And, you know, the fact that I heard rumors he was getting traded was really, was really like pumping him up because I was getting very excited he was going to leave Oakland. But now he walks in this position that Freddie Freeman was in with a lineup that, you know, is going to give him protection and is going to have a lot of people on base. And the guy already had a boatload of runs and ribbies last year. So now I feel very confident in the production surrounding him, which makes me push him up to my number three overall. And it kind of solidifies him as a safe and beyond safe and now a high upside pick. And at 29, honestly, I'm not even mad at that. You know, I can get a nice bat in my first round. I can get a good arm. And if I'm at the turn, I'm getting into it. How you doing? So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think Matt Olson is a great pick. I, you can't. The only thing that could possibly be a question, but I don't. I think he's made enough um, changes in his swing and everything is the batting average. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he, he he's two seventy one hitter last year. COVID, he hit one ninety five, but that's COVID. The year before that was 267, but then two years before that was 247, 259. He's a career 252 hitter. I'm not saying he goes back to that. I'm just saying that's the one thing, hey, maybe look out for, you know, if you wanted to be a hater, which I'm not. I love him. I still think he could 265, 270. So, you know, Matt Olson, I like where he's going. Like Matt said, 29th pick. Uh, it's, uh, it's about enough on him. So now we're going to get to the consensus number four, who's my boy. I got the throwback on. I got the throwback. I don't know if y'all can see, but it's the throwback Chris Bryant. So give, us give us yeah, a little twirl. Give us a little twirl. Give us a little spin. Yeah, so we'll model see, for let's us. See if, could, uh, let's see if y'all can see it. We didn't ask you to twerk, though, bro. Just show us the, <laughs> show us the jersey. Yeah. Yeah, you got the KB. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the throwback KB on. He's our number four consensus after getting traded to Colorado. Um, I, he got a big deal there. What was it, man? It was, I think it was seven years, 182 million. Yeah. It was so, crazy. yeah, uh, sky's the limit for him there in Colorado. I mean, I, I want to go back to like vintage Nolan, you know, Nolan Arenado, who has played there for a long time. I want to say he could be around similar to that. Maybe the batting average isn't as high. But I think he could be a 300 hitter with 30 plus bombs, 100, 100. He chips in, you know, a bunch of steals every year. Last year, I believe he got you 10. So uh, I think once again, this, the lineup isn't going to be great there. I want to I want to pull up the lineup here and see what that lineup's looking like because that's going to be definitely interesting. I know. Also, quick note: they did they did re-sign Ryan McMahon, or well, they gave him an extension. They gave him a big extension million. too. 
for six years, something like that. Something like that. He got paid and yeah. it wasn't even worth it. Um, yeah, well, yeah, here nor there. I mean, that's not a huge one, but um, this lineup isn't isn't too great, but it's interesting. Looks like Rymel Tappy is going to lead off. KB is going to hit second. Blackman third. CJ Crone fourth. Ryan McMahon fifth. Brendan Rogers sixth. Him Sam Hilliard seventh. Elias Diaz eighth, and then Jose Iglesias ninth. So top of the lineup looks okay. Bottom of the lineup doesn't look so good. But it should be should be interesting. Should be interesting. I still think KB does the damage that you need from him in that lineup, which is why I moved him up personally. I know Matt's moved him up as well, which brings him to our number four. His ADP right now, um, he's gone um so far, whole draft season is 90th. But I moved it, uh, I played with ADP a little bit and I moved it to when the news broke that he signed with um Colorado. And I think it's been 32 drafts since then, and this is a uh, NFBC. Uh, he's moved up all the way up to the 60th pick. So that's about 30, 30 picks of advancement just with this news of him going to cores. Um, Matt, any, any thoughts here on KB? Because I'm ranting. Uh, let's put it this way. I am I'm very excited at the fact that he is on a team now that, you know, where the balls just fly out of the stadium. And it's definitely going to give him a bump because he was already a great hitter. And honestly – it kind of gives him a little bit more of a cushion because if you look at the last couple of years, his batting average has kind of been slipping because, you know, he used to be like a 270, 280, and he had two seasons at 290, and now he's kind of slipped. He had a, 209, a 206, 267, 262. You know, it's just like, it's not really like my favorite, but this now, th- th- this is going to be great. And the fact that we know that he's a good hitter outside of course kind of makes him a little bit more stable. And that's why I moved him up. You know, that's safety. Now, if he's, where'd you say he was being drafted since since the trade? 32? After the trade, he's going. It's thirty-two drafts, and he's going as the sixtieth pick. Okay, sixtieth pick is kind of okay, but I mean, I don't know if I draft him that high. But at the same time, I won't blame you. You know, there's safety in a good hitter at cores, and you know, it kind of gives a little bit more. But we'll see. I mean, it's just as bad as the other teams he's been on in terms of lineups around him, and he makes good with the production. So, you know, draft him with confidence. He'll be safe. He's not yeah. gonna, he's, and he has a lot of upside. That's all I can yeah. say. So, yeah, the thing is, I think uh, Massey, the batting average, he's a 278 career hitter. So, mm-hmm. I think if it's a 278 outside, of course, I think 300 is definitely in the ball game. You know, he had 25 bombs last year. So, I think that could easily come up to 30. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that are saying 40, 50 plus. I'm not, I'm not predicting that, but I think it's an easy 30 bombs. And the runs and RBIs may not be great, but I think he gets you more than the 73 RBIs and 86 runs he got last year. I think he improves on those two numbers and he got 10 steals. So, I think the steals is going to be, you know, he's pretty much around 10 every year. So, I think he chips in another 10, if not eight. So, he's going to be helpful in that category. Like Matt said, somebody you draft with confidence, you know what, you know, what you're getting out of the kid he's you know he's and he's going to be in course for the next few years so i'm i'm backing on him only getting better and more used to the environment around there now here's our next guy somebody i want to have a little discussion with i know matt maybe pushed him down a little bit recently and i want to kind of find out why this is pete alonzo of the new york mets number five consensus um first baseman for us i believe i have him a little higher i think i have him at fourth i have him one spot higher i have him at fourth matt where did you where did you push him down to because i know you i saw you pushed him down a little bit so he's at six I just okay, I, so not not crazy. You, I think you put KB up over him, That's, which isn't crazy. It isn't, oh, isn't too crazy. K, KB and Goldie, but we'll talk about him next, so I won't go. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, Pete Alonso, I I love the uh, he's similar to Matt Olson, but Matt Olson went to a better team, so that's why it kind of got a little separation there. And I think uh, KB's been around a little bit longer and he's more consistent. That's why we like KB over him. But Pete Alonso last year, you know, he had a great bounce back after that, you know, down COVID year a little bit. Last year, two sixty two. He had three steals. He had 94 RBI, 37 bombs, and 81 runs. I think I think you expect very similar similar production from him this year. He's only gonna oh he's gonna be 27 actually. He's a little older than I thought he is. So I mean uh, still prime, still prime of his career. So I still think he's good for he could he could hit 40 plus bombs in that lineup. Though I think the RBI should be very very solid. Lineup's only getting better. The runs could be a little bit better too with that a better lineup, which is uh you know why I'm I'm high on him. I got him as my fourth you know uh first baseman. Uh, ADP is coming off the board as the sixth first baseman, uh, 46th pick. He's actually going behind guys like Austin Riley and Paul Goldschmidt, which I'm I'm not backing that. 
Uh, I don't think Matt is either, honestly. So uh, that's that's a little bit uh, off. So we, we kind of see Pete Alonso having some value there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, you said behind, you know, said behind Goldie? Yeah, he's going behind Goldie and he's I going behind Austin Riley. I have Goldie higher than him. Have- oh, yeah. So go ahead. So go ahead, Matt. Here, give me some Pete Alonso news. Why are you a little bit lower on him? I mean, it's not that I'm low. I'm cutting hairs here. It's just lower you know, than me. Lower than me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're splitting hairs here, but like, I mean, I yeah. think he returns to the mean in terms of like ribbies and and runs. You know, with people being healthy this year, and you know, the owner looking to spend a bajillion dollars. Uh, it's just going to be it's going to be better situation. He goes back over 100, 100. I feel in terms of runs and ribbies. I think the batting average has returns, and I think it's going to stay in the 60s range. You know. And I, the bombs could hit B40, no question. I mean, he was only off by that by three, and it could be above 50, it could be above 40. I mean, it's just yeah. one of those things. He's great. But now, since you've already brought it up, I'll talk about Goldschmidt. Yeah, yeah, and he and he's next. So we, we, could, yeah. we could fully move on to our number six consensus, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, our first baseman. So, I mean, Goldie really never had a bad season. He's been great. He's been in the league forever. And – he kind of had like a really, really good year last year. And let me just read that off for you. So he bat 294, which you always expect. He had 31 home runs, 99 ribbies, 102 runs. And then to boot, he added 12 steals. Now that's that's where, you know, I'm going to put him over, over Pete Alonzo. I get 12 yeah. steals on top of that production, a way better batting averaging. Yeah, I'm going to have, what, 10 less home runs, 9 less home runs, but I'm still going to have 100 and 100. That's a five-category contributor versus a four-category contributor, and that's what bumps him up over it. And hey, I agree. It's a great argument, brother. So, like, you know, it's just a matter of what you're looking for and what your team construction is going to be like, too, because you may want to you may want to wait and get, get Alonzo because you already got your steals at the top of the draft. But if you want a chip-in guy and you've got a few of those, this is your perfect guy, five categories versus four. But, you know yeah. – it's all about who who you who's going to fit your mold and how you're building your team at the time. Yeah, Matt Matt makes a great 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 argument there about about Paul Goldschmidt. Now they're going off the board very close, two picks apart. Goldie's going two picks ahead of Alonzo, so you're basically getting him at the same spot in your draft. But Matt's right though. I do like the consistency of what Goldie's done. You know, his whole career. You know, and I mean that's hard to ignore. You know, the guy thing is, guy's going to be 34. He's getting a little bit older. I'm not saying that makes him any worse. You know, those guys, all, a lot of guys that have you know gave father time or run for their money, and looks like he's going to be one of them. Has been one of them going this far into his career. Um, I I do think Pete Alonso does have some upside, you know, of like 40, 50 bombs, you know, like he hit fit over 50 in his rookie year. And I think the batting average potentially could possibly come up a little bit, which, you know, maybe could separate him from Goldie. But then again, I'm just projecting. I'm really, you know, I don't, I don't know anything. Um, yeah. I don't know anything, you know, like, uh, I, I, you know, uh, but moving on, let's head to our, um, our next guy, you know, um, Let's go to our let's go to our number eight. You know, uh, let's go to Luke Voigt, um, San Diego Padres. It's a big trade. That's a big, 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 big trade. You know, makes things super interesting. Um, I think that it, it's a big move. I think you know, get some weight from the Yankees, get some uh, starting position as DH, and I think he's going to play every day. I think he's going to play every single day. And that makes him a huge value. I think he's slipped in drafts a lot. I'm going to pull up his ADP here. I have to scroll a little bit. So forgive me because they got him buried here, it looks like. Where do they got Luke Voigt going? I can't even find him. It looks like he's super buried here. Oh, that's because he's Matt, just yeah, give me, yeah, Matt, give me your thoughts on Luke Voigt. Oh, yeah, I found him. So check this out. He's. I did have to scroll. I thought I made, made a mistake, but I found him. 34th first baseman. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it's 253rd pick. That's that. That just blows my mind. I, I, I think that's absolutely a steal for him. I know I took him as the last pick in one of my personal drafts, and uh, I think it's a steal. Uh, Matt, thoughts on Void here? Now uh, you moving him up? I know I moved him up on, on my list. We got him here as our, you know, number eight consensus. Yeah, he's he's actually my number eight, and um. I'm actually pretty pretty stoked about him going because you know what I was pretty upset that we got Rizzo as of the fact that we have the power hitter in Voight. So the fact that they the Yankees kind of let him go and go off to the Padres, which that lineup is just fantastic. And especially once Tatis returns to the lineup, it's going to be even better in that second half. So I think the sky's the limit. The only thing that kind of is a knock is I mean, it's not um it's not Yankee Stadium. It's 
you know, out there in San Diego, which is a way bigger um, stadium for this. So I'm just, it's the only little knock I got on him, but the guy's got power and he can hit, hit it out of the park if he really wanted to. So I would say, you know, drafting with confidence, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, you know, he, he was banged up a little bit last year, so that I think that affects the numbers that you did see from him. You know, that 239 batting average is not what I'd expect going forward. I think that that batting average is more of what you've seen for his career, which is a 267. So I think that, you know, Luke, my projection for Luke this year could be like a 260, 265 batting average, 30 plus bombs. I think the RBIs and runs get better when Tatis comes back and that lineup looks a little bit better. So I think, you know, um, I, I think I think high expectations for Voight, and I think you you move him up from where that ADP is. I, I have him as my uh, I believe my tenth first baseman, so I'm I'm drafting him a lot higher than consensus right now. But uh, moving forward, I do want to brush past something. I did skip one guy. Um, uh, no, uh, you're good. Yeah, uh, you're good. I'm good. Oh uh, yeah, all right, so let's keep going forward here. We got Jose Abreu um, as our number nine consensus. Right. You're good to talk about him. Oh, okay, yeah. So no, I I did skip over somebody, and that's my fault here. Just sorry for the confusion, guys. Bear with us here. Um, we got Austin Riley as our number seventh consensus uh first baseman. The thing is with him is that he's only, I think, eligible at first on Yahoo. We did talk about him in our third baseman episode, I believe. So we're not gonna get too crazy into him. Uh he gets a little better bump here with uh Matt Olson on the team. And he had 300 last year. He had 30 bombs, had 100 RBIs. I, I think kid's gonna be a monster in that lineup. You know, he's very young. I believe he's only 25. So I I think sky's the limit for Austin Riley. I'm not gonna get too much into him here, but we do have him as our number consensus first baseman. Once again, eligible at first base on Yahoo, not on too many other categories. Matt, you want to get into Austin Riley here a little bit, or yeah, I mean, you can talk about him for a second. You guys, great. Sorry, we weren't. Um... We didn't talk about him, so there was a little behind-the-scenes actions, and, uh, you know, Yacht yeah. scared the living Jesus out of me. But uh, we're good. So, uh, essentially, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I think he takes a step forward, which is funny enough, you know, you, like, where does he take, take a step forward? Well, for starters, I think that he's now finding himself, being that this is going to be his fourth year in the bigs, had that breakout year, and I think maybe the home runs come up a little bit. And I think the runs come up a little bit. I think he gets a better spot in the batting uh, in the in the lineup. So I think that, you know, he's going to be way more valuable than we really think he's going to be. And to be honest, he he's somebody that I'm going to draft with confidence. Yeah, I think I think the Braves are going to be relying on him a little bit more now with Freddie gone. I know they picked up Matt Olson, but I think that Austin Riley maybe is going to be looking at himself like I'm a Brave, you know, like I'm here for the team, you know, like I'm I'm the new and Matt Olson's the new guy, but I think Austin Riley could be the one of the new faces of the team because someone's got to take Freddie's spot at, at you know the face of the Atlanta Braves could be Matt Olson, but who knows? Maybe Austin Riley, you know, 25 year old kid really steps up this year, like Matt says, and maybe. Maybe it's 40 bombs, you know, oh. maybe, maybe keeps that batting average up there. You know, he's also, you got to realize too, Acuna is going to be out. So, you know, they're going to be, he's going to yeah, get higher yeah. up in that batting uh, into the batting order. And, you know, I don't think he was, I think he was hitting fifth or sixth last year. Yeah. He was pushed down a little bit. I mean, yeah. as he got hotter, he started getting up, but uh, he, he got yeah. moved around there a little bit. So I think he kind of, he kind of solidified himself higher this time. And I think that, you know, it's going to really benefit him, especially with Acuna out for at least a month, month and a half. So, yeah, and then even when Acuna comes back, though, that lineup is a deadly lineup, man. Okay. That lineup is is going to be uh is going to be very very interesting this year for um for that division, you know. But um, I do let's let's look at that lineup real quick. I do I do want to see how that lineup looks with uh you know um with uh, what's his name there uh, Matt Olson. Uh, let's look. It's uh, Austin Riley hitting first. Matt Olson hitting second. So they have Austin Riley. Looks like he's going to hit third. Um, Marcelo Zuna fourth. Adam Duvall fifth. Eddie Rosario sixth. Dansby Swanson seventh. I don't agree with that. Uh, Alex Dickerson eighth. And then Travis Starr no ninth. I, I don't like this projected lineup at all. This would not be the lineup. Did I you even say Albies? I didn't even hear that. Uh, Albies first. They got Albies okay. leading off. I was good. So, okay. And that lineup's going to look a lot better with Acuna in there. But um, if Austin Riley's hitting third in that lineup, he's driving in Matt Olson and, and Albies. And then, you know, he's got Ozuna Duvall behind him. So he's going to score, you know. So that, that, looks, that, that look looks very good there for him. I'm, I'm, 
yeah, I'm pretty high on Austin Riley going into this year. But we jump, forgive us for jumping around here a little bit. We did talk about Luke Voigt, who was our number eight consensus. We're going on to our number nine consensus first baseman. That's uh, Jose Abreu of the Chicago White Sox. This is somebody who Matt pushed down a little bit that I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a problem with earlier. We were talking about, you know, we were doing a little show prep and uh, Matt pushed him down a little bit going back and forth. Uh, but I'll give you a rundown of his numbers from last year. Jose Abreu hit 261. He had one steal. He had 117 RBIs. He had 30 bombs and he had 86 runs. I have Jose Abreu higher. I believe I have him as my seventh um, first baseman. And now here's my argument for that. Why I like Jose Abreu a little bit higher. First of all, he's led the AL in RBIs last three years. I believe he was tied last year. If not, oh, he's very close to the top. But you know he's going to mash. There's only one season in his whole career besides the COVID year where he didn't have 100 RBIs, and that was 2018. So you know the guy can hit with runners in scoring position, which is a big deal. You, you know, RBIs is a huge category. You know, he's going to hit you 30 home runs. The runs may, if he gets you 80, 80 runs, that's fine. I think the batting average comes up. He's a career 290 hitter. Last year he hit 261. I think he could hit more in the 280, 285 range. I'm high on him. That Chicago White Sox lineup is going to be deadly. They got Robert for a full year, Tim Anderson, you know, just got a bunch of dudes that can rank. I do want to throw out a little something here. Here's a little spring training note. Um, someone to keep your eye on. Uh, Matt, I don't even know if we even really talked about this kid yet, but Joanna Cespedes, former Met, his little brother is on the Chicago White Sox, and dude is raking in spring training right now. Uh, his name is Yoelki Cespedes. Kid's got two home runs. Mm-hmm bunch of hits kids been raking so i think he finds his way into that chicago lineup for a little bit this year so i'm going to keep your eye on that's a little uh little little wink to the listeners there if you've been listening this long to the episode you know um but yeah but back to jose abreu guys draft him with confidence he's a stud i'm going to give you his adp let you know where he's coming off the board where you can get him he's coming off the board as the eighth first baseman that's 63rd pick that's later than some of these other guys now he's not going to give you any steals but i could comp him to a pete a pete alonzo you know he does similar things that pete alonzo does he's pete alonzo ish going 20 picks later so i think jose abreu has great value where he's going right now in fantasy drafts um i'm drafting with confidence matt is any haterade in that beer right now? Where do you got him ranked? I know you got Jose Abreu a little bit lower, so uh, I want to hear your little Jose Abreu rant. Well, I mean, let's let's not insult the beer, okay? Not <laughs> it's not haterade flavored. Not haterade. It's just, you don't mess it with you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more of you know, I got some news over the last couple of days that like Max Muncy is going to be healthy. Okay. Yeah. I mean that lineup that lineup bumps Max Muncy up, and honestly, if he was healthy the whole season, I think this would be a different conversation. Um. Schwarber, Schwarber, who's our next guy, is going to now be on the Phillies and is in a great situation, just like Castellanos. I mean, they're teammates now, and I think that you know he gets a nice bump. And I'll talk. Where about did where did you have a right a Bray ranked, Matt? I have him at eleven. So I mean, he's right yeah. outside my top ten. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he was my t- he was my number nine at one point until you know the signings. So you know, it's not like I was completely out on the guy. It's just these guys ended up being able to slot in there. And make things make things a little bit more interesting for them, but I'm not mad yeah, if you drop them at, at that draft them at that that price. Uh, you know, it's it's preference. I'm just going to go with them. I think there's a little bit more upside. There's a little bit more protection for especially for our next guy, which is Kyle uh, Kyle Schwarber. And you know, let me just roll with him a little bit. So, yeah, go go, keep going. You're on a roll. Go for it. So it's the same it's the same argument I made earlier when I was talking about Castellanos. And on top of that, so right now the rejected lineup is him leading off. So him batting first, I don't know if anybody knows, but he actually has an incredible OBP percentage. Uh, I believe it's close to 400, if not 400, when he leads off. So that that gives him a big bump because, you know, the runs are going to be up. The guy mashes the ball. Sinison Park is a great park to hit in. So, you know, it's going it's, to – it's one of those things where this dude is going to do things that we haven't seen him do before, and people are going to have to pitch to him because right behind him is Hoskins. Right behind him is, is – uh, <laughs> is Bryce Hopper right behind him? It's ridiculous. So, you know, it, he's going to mash, he's going to produce, and the, the opportunity is there for him to take. And you know what? Especially with DH now being in the in the NL, and he's going to be getting a lot more rest, which means he's going to play a full season, I pray. And we're not going to have to deal with a lot of this ambiguity around him. I think, you know, this is a season where we're actually going to get a lot of production out of him. And I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, projecting them for the moon. I'm projecting them to be my number ten, and I'm I'm pretty excited to draft them at number ten. It's the only reason why I'm going over over Jose Abreu. 
Yeah, I hear that. See, this is the. I think this is we we have we've agreed a lot today. This is the only spot where I'm, I'm disagreeing a tiny bit, and it's not even like a huge amount. It's just a little bit. I have Schwarber ranked 11th, which is actually only really not that much lower than you at all. But here's my case why I do have Jose Abreu a little bit higher than a guy like Kyle Schwarber, right? So last year, you know, in in 399 at bats, 113 games, Schwarber had 76 runs, 32 bombs, 71 runs a steal, and he hit 266, right? So now I agree with everything in that line except the 266 batting average, right? That just to me, if you look at his whole career, just looks like a total outlier, right? Um, I think Kyle Schwarber this year is going to give us a line similar to what he did in 2019, right? 2019, he played 155 games, which is a full season. He had 529 at-bats. He had 82 runs. He had 38 bombs. He had 92 RBIs. He had two steals. But he hit 250. So my thing is, is I think some people are projecting that batting average up. I'm projecting the batting average to come down a little bit. He's a 239 career hitter in 2,205 at bats. So that kind of says something. I mean, you don't you don't really make a huge batting average jump unless you made like a crazy swing improvement or something along the lines of that. And I haven't heard anything along the lines of that with Schwarber. I don't know if he did. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, you know, in the comments or, or you know, somewhere. But I don't remember seeing anything that, oh, he made a swing adjustment or he's doing something differently. I just think last year you saw 113 games, which is a shorter sample size, you know, compared to, you know, the 2019, 100. 50 games where you at 250 or the 137 games in 2018 where you at 238 or 129 games in 2017 where you at 211. So I just think that batting average could be somewhere in the 250 range. I think he's, I have him ranked near Muncie and, you know, um, Brandon Lau in the center, oh, Brandon Lowe. I always get those confused, Lowe or Lowe. I don't even know which one. I'm sorry, Brandon. You know, yeah, that's my fault. But my thing is, I see him in that that range where those guys hit high 30 home runs with a 250 batting average and the runs in RBIs, where Jose Abreu is going to give you a plus batting average and he's still going to give you 30 plus home runs and he's going to give you the runs in the RBIs and he's going to have even more RBIs because he just leads the league in RBIs. Because that's what Jose Abreu does. But once again, we're kind of splitting hairs here. You know, I think it's a little little batting average versus home run convo because I think Schwarber's going to give you more bombs. I think Bryu's going to give you more batting average. So, uh, Matt, any, any other thoughts there here on, on the position? You want to uh, get in, go dive a little deeper? Any other thoughts? Um, I think we have time for one more. Okay, okay. So, you know what? You bring up somebody off your list or if you're where someone that you want to talk about, and then I'll, I'll do somebody I want to talk about. Okay. That sound all right? Yeah, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, yeah, that sounds fair. That sounds fair. So <laughs> give me a second. You know what? I got somebody. I got somebody. Let's talk about CJ Crone, somebody who I think deserves to be talked about. I don't know how if people realize how good he did last year. I have him as my um. Where, let me see where I have him as uh, first base. I got CJ Crone as my fourteenth first baseman. Uh, Matt, where do you got him ranked, real quick? While I pull up some uh, CJ Crone stats. Crone, I got him. I did him dirty. Um, I got him. Oh, uh, so let's see. So this is the this is the this is the convince Matt to move somebody up uh, segment of the podcast. <laughs> I got him at twenty one. All right, so we're gonna get Matt to move him up here. So last year, CJ Crone kind of did what a lot of people expected him to do coming to Colorado. So now keep this in mind, you know, when you're thinking, oh, you know, CJ Crone did this coming to Colorado. What's Chris Bryant gonna do coming to Colorado? So CJ Crone last year, he hit 281, he had one steal, he had 92 RBIs, he had 28 home runs, he had 70 runs, and that was in 142 games. So now, I mean. You love the 281 batting average with the 28 bombs and the 92 runs. That's three uh, categories he's going to help you in. Let me see where he's coming off the board these days at first base. Looks like they got him buried. He's the 20th first baseman off the board, 132nd pick. Now, if that just doesn't scream value to you, I think you're, you're a little sick in the head because, dude, it's a 281 batting average with almost 30 bombs and the RBIs are there. So if he's coming off the board at that pick, thank you very much. I'll take him as my utility i'll take him as my first bench hitter and you know he's gonna he's gonna hit for you in that lineup i i, I just i truly think that you know that upside in cores is very well you know he even hit 30 bombs in 2018 and 140 games for tampa so i think the bombs could come up i know he started off the year a little bit slow last year so i think uh i think there's a lot of upside there with tj crone matt any thoughts on him uh, to be honest i, I mean Did that convince you i mean he'll go up i mean i have him okay. his first base but i mean 
uh, I don't know too much about him to really comment other than the fact that like he's just not mind blowing or anything like that. But if I'm in like yeah, a yeah. team man league or I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm he's saying, a waiver you know, wire pickup, but I mean, I could see where there's upside. Yeah, I, 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 my thing is, I think if he's coming off the board as the twentieth first baseman, and you're going to get a guy that's going to hit over two, you know, two eighty ish, even if it's two seventy five, you know, it's almost thirty bombs, and and the RBIs look nice. You know, he's going to be driving in KB now. Got an extra little guy to drive in, you know. Yeah. So I, I think, I think there's upside with CJ, especially going that late. I just think it's, I think it's a value play. I think it's a value play with CJ Crone. Okay. Any, any, any? You got a guy there, Matt? Yeah. Um. So I'm looking into my boy Kurloff. Okay. Yeah. You know this is good. Somebody good to talk about. It's very somebody. I think I have him a little bit lower than I should probably too. I have him pretty high. So I mean, I have Kurloff at 15. Oh damn. Yeah, I really like Kurloff. I think his upside is great. I think he's the future of the Twins organization. I think that you know the addition of uh, Correa and you know the bats around him are going to be pretty good for him uh i think that you know looking at his minor league stats you know it he's not he's nothing too crazy but at the same time i think he takes takes that step forward and really just makes things work for him and be that future of that organization and fantasy outlook i think he's gonna do do better than what's below him at least because i'm not really too too confident anybody actually besides jerry wolf who i have right in front of him and honestly him over like i don't know anthony rizzo you know they're like a trade-off at that point. I think there's going to be similar production. So where did you say you have him ranked again? 15th. Jesus, I got him buried, Matt. I, yeah, I don't even... I think you should rethink that. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I got him at 28th at first base. Jeez. Man. So, yeah, he's he's down there in the dumps. I mean, my thing is, I know he was a highly touted prospect, but to be honest, I mean, he had one really good year in the minors, and it looks like that was about it he had a couple other decent years but i mean if everyone's just looking at that 2018 where he hit i'll, I'll read you off his best year in the minors it was a 2018 where he hit 348 he had three uh, four steals 101 rbis 20 home runs he had 75 runs now that's great that that's awesome you know i mean uh, yeah if he could if he could do something along, once again i'm not super familiar with him as a prospect i know he was highly touted but i mean Last year in 59 games, he hit 251. He had a steal. He had 34 RBIs. He had eight home runs. He had 23 runs. Um, I, I'm not beating the door down for this guy. Maybe I'll he'll find a, his find his way up a couple spots. Maybe I'll move him up closer to 20 than 28th. But I'm just I'm not beating the door down for this guy. I think there's other prospects you could look at. You know, I um, I, I I'm just not a fan. Not a huge fan. Not it's not one of my personal players that I'm going after this year. I, I think that he's young. He's going to be 24 years old. So, you know, if you do like him, you can draft him, you know, uh, put him on your team. But it's not it's not one of my guys. You you're going to get him general. nice and late. So it's not somebody that I'm saying, hey, go out. Yeah, there I'll pull up his ADP. Him. I mean, let me, let's, let's get his ADP. Oh, he's actually – so listen about this, Matt. He's coming off the board as the 24th first baseman, 184th pick, right? Mm-hmm. Now, my thing is, is why am I taking him? I'll go get myself Luke Voigt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if he's going that late, but Luke Boyd isn't going to go that late anymore. Yeah, you're right. He might move up. He Luke might Boyd move is, up a Luke, little bit. Luke Boyd is probably going to find himself the closer to pick 100. So, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you can't say that. You know, we're still two weeks out from drafts. I mean, the first draft, big draft weekend is probably this weekend. So, yeah, you know, that's true. That's let's, true. Let's chill on that one. But, I mean, honestly, yeah. Kurloff is going to be pretty, pretty late, but I think he's going to be pretty good. Again, it's his rankings versus actually where you draft. Right, yeah, where yeah. I think he's going to finish, and honestly, I mean, the 15th first baseman really isn't that valuable either. So, you know, it's not really a fair shot. This is a guy that I'm going to take my lottery pick on, hence why I like him above anybody else below him. So, yeah. you know, it's just I think too that there's some upside. And I mean, if it looks anything like 18, and if you look at right before he got called up too, and this is just to reference how good he was, and this is why he got called up in 2021. He was mashing with a uh, a 500 batting average, and you know he threw up you know two bombs and a couple of appearances. I mean the kid's killing it, and I think that's why he got the call. Now, you know I think he kind of showed, hey, I got 18 back. I think 19 was a little bit of a, a growing pains. 2020 had to take a year off because of COVID. You know who yeah. knows where that's going to be. There was a, some 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 miss miss uh, oh, sorry, um, there was a, a little little mishap of 
of misdevelopment. I think that this year we kind of see where it brings him. If this year he flops, he flops, but you're not going to draft yeah. him high. He's going to be the last pick of the draft, most likely. Yeah, guys, uh, Kirilov's interesting. He's still young, like we said, going to be 24 this year. That Twins lineup looks a little bit better with Correa in it. He definitely has some upside. You know, uh, you take the shot on him, guys. But I think we're going to wrap here. You know, that's cool. our first base ranking episode. We appreciate, you know, the listens. Guys, once again, as we've been saying throughout our last few episodes, if you want our rankings, reach out to us. You know, all you got to do is follow, like, subscribe, you know, rate. If you do any things like that, you know, shoot us an email with um, some proof. And we'll shoot you over our personal rankings, guys. And our rankings go deep in each position. We got at least like 40 guys ranked in outfield and starting pitcher. We go super, super deep. Um, next week, um, look forward. Um, oh, actually, uh, this Thursday, we have our next episode coming up. Um, Monday, we're just <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I know. I'm, 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 I'm so ready for baseball. I'm, I'm going into the future already. But guys, uh, on Thursday, we're going to have our first episode of our starting pitcher rankings. I believe we're going to do a two-parter with that because it's such a deep position. So uh, look forward for that, guys. We truly appreciate everything. Uh, until Thursday. See you. Peace.